supernatural favor. We've heard the testimonies. We've heard testimonies of kidney transplants and cancer-free. Amen. From cancer-free to head coach, Coach Nikki McRae, and to others, amen. Don't, don't tell me what God can't do, amen. And what he's done for others. Sister Rolanda Edmonds, he'll do for you. I'm looking over this room at miracles. Amen. I, I see a mighty God just in your testimonies. And so in this year of supernatural favor, this message, this series of messages is simply entitled, No Worries. No Worries. You see the wonderful t-shirts that our young people are wearing. You can get yours because we want to declare and decree not just for May, throughout the summer, and throughout the rest of this year and the rest of your life. No worries. Amen. I told the church earlier this morning, if you've got to work with demons, you wear your t-shirt. And they say, what does that mean? Just smile and say, I've got the victory. Amen. Because we are not worrying anymore. This is the fourth Sunday message in this series. And it is from the book of Philippians, chapter 4, verses 6 through 8. Powerful scripture. My mother shared this scripture with me and my family a couple months ago during a very difficult time. And it blessed us, has blessed me. And thank you, Mom. I thank God for an anointed, spirit-filled mother who knows how to get a prayer through. Amen. Who knows how to give you just what you need at the right time. And so she dropped this word into our spirit, and God said to me, you need to make a series out of this. You need to preach this because somebody all over needs to hear this. Hear the reading of God's word, chapter 4, Philippians, verses 6, 7, and 8, the New Living Translation. Paul writes these words in verse 6. He says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about Somebody shout everything. <laughs> Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true <laughs> and what is honorable and what is right and what is, I added a few words, pure. And what is lovely and what is admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. And the church that loves God's word said amen. Reach over and catch someone by your hand. Looking at all of these miracles. Deacon Thomas Kennedy, man, you're looking better than ever. Don't mess with the God we serve. Amen. 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 Here's the message. Here's the message. Squeeze somebody's hand and say, supernatural peace. Amen. Supernatural peace. You may be seated. In a world full of turmoil, in a world in which demons have been assigned to confuse you, mess you up, throw you off track, <laughs> one of perhaps the greatest rewards of having a right relationship 
with the Lord. I didn't say just come into church. But having a right, I didn't say perfect relationship. Having a right relationship with the Lord our God is the benefit of his supernatural peace. One of the byproducts of living right is God's supernatural peace. Now listen, when we speak of supernatural peace, we are referring and speaking of, and listen to this, this is so important, we're going to be dealing with this all summer long. Because God has assigned me the task of every Tuesday night in starting in June, for 10 weeks of the summer, we're going to be talking about supernatural peace. God told me as I was preparing this message, he says, just stay right there. Because we're going to be talking about peace that, that goes beyond anything we can ever comprehend. And I believe that God is going to bless the house and saturate the atmosphere. And even if you're not here, did tune in online because I, I believe the atmosphere is going to be content. Folk are going to look at you this summer and say, you seem mighty calm and tranquil. And, yeah. you, or are you all right? And you're just going to smile. Say, the things that used to have me worried, I am not worried about them. Any more? Any witnesses? Listen, when we speak of supernatural peace, we are speaking of an internal, somebody say internal. Problem with us is that everything we like is external. But God says, this is an inside job. This is an internal sense of assurance that everything is all right, despite how things may appear. That is what we're going to be talking about, an internal sense of assurance from the inside out. There's a sense of joy from the inside out, sense of peace from the inside out, that despite what may be going on around you, you have the blessed assurance that things are all right. Whew. That is the peace that we're going to be talking about. Something that God says, I'll give you that in the midst of whatever you're going through, you have this blessed assurance. Why? Because the enemy, the enemy from the pits of hell often attacks those who are trying to live godly. That's his job. And I told the church this morning, I need to say it again, that, that if the enemy is chasing you, you ought to wear it as a badge of honor. Amen? Because you don't chase what you already have. If the enemy is after you, it means he doesn't have you. And he comes after us in ways that are basically internal. He comes and attacks us, trying to bring anxiety, stress, and fear. These are the tools of the enemy. He brings these things, particularly those that he sees the hand of God on their life. And know that God uh, is using you, and God can and will use you for something great. Then the enemy brings anxiety, stress, and fear, and internal turmoil. We used to say all the time, and those who been here at Bible Well a long time, remember this. We used to, when we had revivals in February, you remember this church mothers, Bishop Jackson used to get up, and I never understood this because I was young, after the revival, he said, saints, now we need to really start praying. Because the enemy really comes after you, after you've had a mountaintop spiritual experience. Amen. When the enemy sees what God is up to, he comes and brings anxiety, stress, and fear to our life. But the good news is the Lord our God knows how to counter the enemy's attack. And he counters 
the enemy is attacked by providing, and this is important, not the world's peace. But he provides, somebody shout, his peace. That is what God gives us. There is a wonderful scripture in 2 Thessalonians chapter 3 and verse 16. Paul writes these words. He says, of God, may the Lord of peace himself give you his peace at all times and in every, somebody say in every situation. Lord, I, I just don't want peace every now and then. I want peace at all times and in every When I wake up every morning, I want peace to wake up with me. When, when you go on your daily routines, peace will follow you everywhere you go. Listen, the prophet Isaiah writes these most prophetic and profound words that is found in the Old Testament writings of Isaiah chapter 26 and verse number 3. He writes, the New Living Translation puts it this way, you will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you, all whose thoughts are fixed on you. King James says, and thou will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee. In other words, God says, I'm going to keep your mind uh, in perfect peace. And you may go through some things. It doesn't mean uh, that it's all over, but God says, I am on your side. Now, here's an important note before we get to the text. I need to point this out before we get to the text. It is important for all of us to understand this. That God's supernatural peace is not the absence of conflict, stress, trouble, trials, and tribulations. This is so important because this is where the enemy head fakes us and psychs us out. We think that if there is stress and anxiety and trouble, then that means God's peace is not there. God's peace is not the absence of conflict, but it is the presence of his mighty spirit dwelling in us as we go through what we're going through. So peace is not the absence of conflict, but the presence of God. Oh, somebody ought to shout amen. I thought about that, and God dropped this in my spirit. There are two wonderful examples found both in the book of Daniel. Uh, one is Daniel chapter 3 concerning three young faithful men known in biblical vernacular as the Hebrew boys. Uh, the text says that these three young men took a stand for the Lord. And they refused to bow down to the king's music. I need, I need to preach that one day because we've got a whole lot of folk bowing down to the wrong music. Beware of music. I'm going to integrate that in the peace series because what you put in your mind affects how you think. But these young men says we will not contaminate our hearts and mind by bowing to this king's music. And they took a stand. May I preach this? King was furious, said that anyone who does not bow will be thrown into a fiery furnace. They still refused to bow, hearing the decree of the king, Daniel chapter 23. King was so furious that the Bible says he cut the heat up seven times hotter. That was his first mistake. He chose the wrong number. <laughs> uh, he invited the presence of God into this situation. Now look at this. Here's what God dropped in my spirit. No time in this biblical example 
does God take the heat out of the fire? Because I used to hear folks say that God took the heat out of the flame. That is not biblical. And, and, and if that was the case, that, then, then, then that would be different. No time it, with this example does God rescue these young men before they get thrown in the fire. No time, observation number three, does God take them out of the fire before the fire gets hot. Somebody say, preach that, pastor. In other words, God allowed them to go in and through the fire. Oh, but look at the text. Oh, Daniel chapter 3, the king was furious and said to all of his armor bearers and those that are around us, says, wait a minute. He says, did not we put in three? Look at the text. Y'all won't believe me. Can I read it to you? Daniel chapter 23, uh, beginning at verse number 24. But suddenly, New Living Translation, but suddenly Nebuchadnezzar jumped up in amazement and exclaimed to his advisors, didn't we, and this is what I wanted to get to, tie up three. Tell somebody they were bound when they went in. Woo, I feel like preaching, y'all. Didn't we tie up three, throw them into the furnace? Yes, your majesty, we certainly did, they replied. Verse 25, chapter 3 of the book of Daniel, the king said, look, Nebuchadnezzar shouted, I see four. Somebody should have got happy 30 seconds ago. Help me out. The fire is still hot. The boys are still in the fire. But now somebody jumped in with him. You don't have to take the heat out of the fire when the Lord joins you in the fire. We put in three. I now see four men unbound. King James said, loose. I tied them up, put them in. But now I look and they are still in the fire. Fire is still hot. But somebody has joined them unbound walking around in the fire unharmed don't miss this grab somebody by the hands and neighbor unbound and unharmed <laughs> and the fourth one looks like a God. King James said, looks like the Son of God. Don't tell me what the Lord can't do. He doesn't have to rescue you from it. Just give you strength to go through it. Oh, somebody ought to get on the devil's nerve and put a quick holler on that. From the depths of your belly. So, what is the point, Pastor Jackson? Tie it together. It's called homiletics, continuity. Tie it together. When you tie it together, God says, I don't always have to rescue you from it to bring you peace. As long as I join you in it, you will have peace. So peace is not the absence of conflict, but peace is the presence of God. 
And if God is on your side, what are you worried about? If you know the Lord is keeping you, why don't you sing and shout? Glory, hallelujah, praise his name. Somebody say, we serve an amazing God. My time is running out. But before I get to the text, may I share with you just one more example. That's found in Daniel chapter 6. If God did it once, he can do it again. This was now a different king and a different example. This was now King Darius and Daniel, who wanted Daniel to pray to his idols. But as the late Deacon Frank English Jr. used to say, Daniel prayed where Deacon Al is three times a day. When God is on your side, you don't have to worry about it. Now the Hebrew boys were thrown into a fiery furnace. Daniel was thrown. Now, here's where people get it wrong. For years, people say he was thrown into the lion's den. And that's probably correct. But you can be in the lion's den, and there could be no lions. But there's a difference when you're thrown into a den of lions. Some of you had to work with a den of lions. Some of you have been with dens of lions for most of your life. Threw him in to a den full of lions. Ooh. And But this king loved Daniel, unlike Nebuchadnezzar. He didn't want to do it, but he had already issued the proclamation, so he had to do it. But the Bible says... Darius could not sleep the night before. And he woke up early that morning and went to the den where the lions were. And he cried, the Bible says, with a lamentable voice. In other words, he cried in a pity voice. Daniel, oh Daniel, has the God that you serve continuously, is he able to deliver you? Daniel cried out, O king, live forever. God has sent an angel and locked the lion's jaw. Touch your neighbor, say, neighbor, you may have to go in, but God will bring you peace in the midst of a den of lions. Anybody know what God can do? Can I get a witness? This is a good time to put a praise on something God has done for you that only God can do. Come on, as we transition to the text, take 30 seconds and give God your praise. Come on and praise him. Somebody shout peace in the valley. Somebody shall peace in the furnace. Somebody shall peace in the den of lions. Peace on your job. Peace in your house. Peace in your life. Peace. <laughs> oh, I feel something up in here. We are about to get on the enemy's nerve. He picked the wrong Sunday. He should have stopped you from coming this Sunday morning. But somebody is about to, put the, about to put a praise on some supernatural peace. Before I get to the text, mess the devil up and give God a 30 seconds going out of your mind from the depths of Go ahead, brother. Go ahead.
Before you judge him, you ought to at least hear his story. Look at somebody and say, before you judge my praise, you ought to at least know my story. When I think about the goodness of Jesus and all he's done for me, my soul cries out. Sit down. Some of you still, some of you still should be in a burning, fiery furnace, but God. Some of you still should be in a den of lions, but God. Some of you still should be going through your valley experiences, but God. Some of you still should be in that dead-end relationship, but God. Some of you still should be on that dead-end no paying job, but God. Some of you still should be wiping away your tears from your previous hurts and pains, but God. Look at somebody now and say, neighbor, I'm so glad that God brought me peace in the midst of what we were going through. Listen to the text. We don't have to rush this because I'm going to be dealing with this all summer long. But listen to the text. Philippians is an incredible epistle written by an anointed man who gave up everything his life could have been just to pursue the pathway of righteousness. Paul, a Hebrew of Hebrews, sat at the feet of Gamaliel. That is the equivalent of Yale, Harvard, or Oxford. Was a member of the Sanhedrin court. Paul, as it relates to the law, was blameless. Paul, who was most likely to succeed. Paul, who was chosen to oversee the stoning of the first Christian martyr by the name of Stephen. Now here he is on a journey called righteousness. Gave it all up. We talked about that last week for the excellency of the knowledge of knowing Christ Jesus. And where does it land him? It lands him in prison. Hear me. Most likely to succeed is now most likely to be executed. He gave it all up, tore up his resume, pull his degrees off the wall, change everything. What happens when God changes your destiny? <laughs> but he never complained, never thought that he had been done wrong. In fact, he found a way to rejoice even in a difficult place. He writes the epistle to the brothers and sisters of Philippi, known as the Philippians. And he writes and 16 plus times in this four chapter epistle, he evokes the words rejoice and joy. Tell somebody from prison. It's one thing to be optimistic but it's another when you can look out of your window, as he says in 2 Timothy, and you can see Nero's chopping block, and you know you're going to die, and you know they're going to execute you for the gospel's sake. You could have written about anything. You could have written your obituary. You could have written as Jeremiah did, 
a book of lamentations. Lamentations mean nothing but crying. Jeremiah was a crybaby. But Paul chose not to complain or to cry. Picks up his pen in the presence of his son in the gospel by the name of Timothy. And he writes this epistle. And he says, I count it all joy. He says, to live is Christ. To die is gain. He writes in chapter 2, let this mind be in you. That was also in Christ Jesus. He writes in chapter 3, are forgetting those things which are behind. Pressing forward to those things which are ahead. I press. Woo! Thank you, Paul, for showing us how not to be crybabies. I press towards the mark call of the high calling. Then he writes perhaps the most profound of all of the passages in this four-chapter epistle. He writes this last chapter entitled Godly Peace and Godly Joy. And he says to them, starts off by telling them that you can have peace and joy. That God can give you peace no matter where you end up in life. Come on, somebody. God can give you peace in a prison cell. Looking out of your window, looking at your instrument of execution. God can give you joy knowing this is it. And I won't ever see my family again. And so he says to them, even in your most difficult moments, I want you to use me as an example. And know that God can give your heart peace even when your body is decaying. Even when the hellhounds are on your track. May I preach this? He says to them in verse 4 of the text, let us always be full of joy and let us rejoice in the Lord our God. Even when you don't feel like there is no reason to rejoice. Tell somebody rejoice anyhow. Anybody can rejoice when you're coming out. But can you praise God as you go through? Always be full of joy in the Lord. I say it again. Rejoice in the Lord. Some of you are waiting on your ship to come in. Some of you are waiting on things to turn around in your life before you can rejoice. But there are some of us that all we need is a thought about how good God has already been. Is there anybody in here can rejoice in an oppressed situation? Call on the name of Jesus. I've learned over the last few months how to plead the blood of Jesus. I've learned that when your back is against the wall, you can call on the name of the Lord. And the enemy comes in like a flood. But the spirit of the Lord will lift up a standard against our enemies. Can I get a witness? Touch your neighbor, say, neighbor, when the enemy comes in your life, you've got to learn what to do, how to get your victory, how to make it through a situation, because this is not unto death. God says, you're going to come out of this. I don't know who I'm preaching to, but I prophesying to somebody to say better days are coming by and by. I'm prophesying to somebody to say your ladder shall be greater 
than your beginning. Good God Almighty, I'm talking to somebody and God says, I've got a miracle with your name on it. There will be glory after this. Clap your hands. I know you're heartbroken. Marion, you lost your sister. Buried her, but there will be glory after this. Oh, y'all get on the devil's nerve. Get you a praise partner. And look them in the eyes and say, neighbor, when you come through this, God's got a testimony with your name on it. I feel like preaching. I feel like preaching. This is what God dropped in my spirit. What if God would have taken the heat out of the fire and the lions out of the den? Then tell your neighbor, say, then there would not have been a testimony. There was no testimony without heat in the fire. And with our lions in the den, I stopped by to tell you that God is working on your testimony. Somebody ought to praise him. Somebody ought to praise him. Have your way, Lord. Somebody help me say, have your way. Move, move, move. <laughs> Listen. Thank you, Paul. Thank you for writing this epistle. Thank you for verse number six. Four things that they should do according to Paul's instructions. Four things they should do with, the, with this in the month of June. Number one is this. I need y'all to help me declare this. Touch somebody and say, don't worry about anything. Not your job, your career, your provisions, can I, let me say that again. Don't worry. Thank you, Mother Jackson, about, woo. <laughs> we are declaring war on worry and anxiety. That's why we're wearing our T-shirts, because we won't worry to know they tried, but they lost. Tell somebody, don't worry about anything. Number two, pray. Ah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Pray about everything. There is no prayer that's irrelevant. There's nothing too small that you can't pray for. Out of people say, well, you pray, yeah, pray for everything. If your toes hurt, pray. I don't care. Pray about everything. Now, here's the key. If you pray, don't you worry. Now, look at somebody and say, but if you are going to worry, you don't need to pray. You're going to not worry and pray? <laughs> Are you going to worry and not pray? Woo! That's what the Bible says, amen. We are praying about everything. Don't worry about anything around your life. 
around your situation. Tell somebody, this is a no worry zone. Don't even invite worry watch to be your friends. There's some people you need to say, I I'll catch up with you later. Because if they are to attack your peace, I don't even want to hang around anxious people and worrying about everything. And here's the third one. Tell God what you need. Father, I stretch my hand to thee. Tell God what you need. If you need your child saved, don't say, God, give me the desires of my heart. No, save Bubba. Save Hakeem. Save, call their names. Call, put it in the atmosphere. Call them. When my wife and I were praying for our sons, I didn't pray those generic prayers. I said, no, Lord, save Daryl Jackson Jr. Save Antoine Joseph Jackson. Put an extra prayer behind his. Go down 48 and find him, Lord. Go by somebody's house in Bluffish State. I know he's there. I was praying. You know where he is. Knock on the door. And guess what? He's in the house. He's in the house. Both of my sons are in the house. Don't tell me what God can't do. Y'all are going to make me shout this morning. Call their names. Put it on the altar. Tell God what you want. If y'all ain't got nothing to praise God for, excuse the English. Come on and praise God what he's done for somebody else. Listen, listen. Why are you praising God? Put up number four. Put up number four. Thank him for all that he has done. Tell your neighbor, excuse me, I've got to put a praise on what the Lord has done. Come on in. Tell him thank you. Come on, Zion. Tell him. Come on and meet me at this altar. Tell him.
Listen, listen. I don't want you to miss this. Verse 7 says this. After you've done these four things, verse 7 says, somebody shout, then. Then means it won't happen until something else has happened. Then you will experience God's peace. When you stop worrying, when you start praying, when you tell God what you need, and when you thank God for what God has done, then you will experience God's peace which exceeds anything we can understand. Somebody shout, his peace will guard your hearts and it will guard your minds as you live in Christ Jesus. And then hear this, verses 8 and 9. Paul concludes Fix your thoughts on what is true, honorable, right, pure. Get that garbage out of your mind. Come on. Get the negativity out of your mind. Fix your thoughts on these things. Think about these things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Keep putting into righteous, Paul writes, all you learned and received from me, everything you heard from me and saw me doing. Here's that word again. Somebody shout, then the God of peace will be with you. Is there anybody in here that wants supernatural peace in your life? Here is the recipe. Here it is. Philippians 4. Here is the prescription for supernatural peace. Listen, as we make our way, maybe someone else, to this altar. We've got to understand this, that we serve a God who, as Pastor Marvin Sapp writes in this very simple but powerful song, will keep you in perfect peace. We serve a God that if our minds are stayed on him, God would do what only God can do. It all belongs to him. Tell somebody God can do it. God can fill your life with peace. <laughs> Folk will look at you and think you won the lottery. And you said, no, I've got something better than the lottery. You see, I've known people to win the lottery and still be miserable. But when God is in your life, everything is going to be all right. Come on, you will, yeah. Woo! somebody else wherever you are right now that's right God is speaking to someone that's right make your way down to the I will keep you Your mind stay stayed on me. God said it. God said it. I will. I will keep you Do it, Lord. Yeah.
set you free, yeah, yeah. why we have supernatural peace. Look at somebody and say, God will make a way out of nowhere. <laughs> Can we say that again? Bless somebody and say, God will make a way out God of will. this and I don't want anyone to miss this because 
God put this in my spirit between the eight and this service. And I saw this a long time ago. In 2012, there's a pastor by the name of Greg Laurie. And he wrote a spiritual blog about the peace of God. And he made this statement that blessed me in 2012. And I saw it again this morning. And I want to bless you with it. There can be no peace of God without peace with God. Listen, if you are fighting with God, you'll never enjoy his peace. And so in between services, Mother, God told me to write a message down that I'm going to preach second Sunday in June about Jacob wrestling with God. And Jacob never found peace with God and of God until he made the peace with God. Some of you are wrestling right now. You know God is calling you to a better life. You know God is calling you away from certain things in your life. You struggle, you wrestle. And perhaps the reason why there is no peace in your life is because you have not made peace with God. You've got to, and peace with God is not what the church expects of you. It is not what the pastor expects of you or what some adult or somebody else expects of you. Peace with God is what God expects of you. And I'm here to tell you that you will be sleepless the rest of your life until you make peace with God. You will go from relationship to relationship until you make peace with God. Jacob held on to the angel and said, I've struggled too long with this. I can't let you go until you change me. And so no matter what you're going through, God says, I want to be there with you. Close those eyes. Catch someone by the hand. Now here is your opportunity. There's someone in this building this day. And God says, make peace with me. Then you can enjoy my supernatural peace. He's calling you. He's calling you to take a stand today. If you are not committed to something greater than yourself, if your family isn't committed to something greater than yourself, God is calling you this day. And after we pray this prayer, I will meet you at this altar. Someone who's bold enough to say, here I am, Pastor Jackson. I need to make peace with God. He, he loves you so much that he chastises you. That he gives you a restless spirit. Because God knows there's something greater in your life. Some of you have been delivered from gang violence. Some of you have been delivered from imprisonment. Some of you have been delivered from institutional lockdowns. God says, I've been there every step of the way. Just like he did not take the heat out of the fire, God met you right there, right there in your situation. So close those eyes and after this prayer, if you're here, you want to make that commitment. You want to join the church Recommit your life. Make peace with God. I would care less about what somebody thinks about you. Because when you lose it all, they won't think a thing about you. Who's going to be there to pick up the pieces when you fall apart? But God. But God. Lord, we thank you. We bless you. We honor you.
Thank you for this No Worries series. Thank you for a peace that goes beyond human understanding. Thank you, Lord, for reminding us that you would give us your perfect peace, your supernatural peace. Somebody right now is declaring and decreeing that I need it in my life. I need it right now in my life. Someone who's listening by way of radio, someone's viewing by way of Facebook, streaming live, touch them right now. Someone in this building today, don't let them leave here the way they walked in. This is our prayer. In Jesus' name. Somebody say, in Jesus' name. Amen. God will make a way. Come on and tell him. Put your arms around somebody. Say, no worries. Come on, if you want to make that commitment, somebody you want to join God, the church, God, God, you want to commit God. your life, come on. You want yeah. to make peace with God. Come, come here. Thank you, baby. Somebody else, come on. Come on. You got your family bringing way out of. Wave those hands. Come on, God is calling somebody. Right now, come on. You've got to make peace with God. You have to make peace with God right now. God is calling somebody else. Is there someone else, God? Yeah. Maybe there's somebody else in here that God is calling you right now. Come right now. This is your moment right now. If you're here, clap your hands for these who are here. seated. Put your arms around somebody. Everybody, oh, encourage somebody. Way out of nowhere. We're touching and agreeing. Already, God. Somebody else is coming. So Look at God. That's all right, brother. He watches me. He's a Somebody else, anyone? God is calling you. Those hands all over this place. Supernatural peace. Every Tuesday night, starting first Tuesday in June, God says we're going to deal with supernatural peace. We are declaring and decreeing that this is going to be the most peaceful time of your life. God's going to give you the blessed assurance 
For those of you who had difficulty sleeping at night, you're getting ready to sleep like a baby. Amen. Those of you who've been worried about stuff, God is about to turn it around. Amen. Meet us here this Tuesday night. Paul Morton, anointed man of God. Come, because I believe God has a word for the house. Amen. Happy Memorial Day. We salute all of our veterans, all of those who paid the ultimate sacrifice. We thank God so very much for you. Come on, here's another young lady. Come on, we always have time. Come on, somebody else. That's all right. Look at God. Keep on! 